0: Welcome to the Worship of God. As we begin our worship service today, we sing a hymn that was written by Martin Luther. We usually only sing it once a year, and that'd be on Reformation Sunday at the end of October. But we're going to sing it today. Uh, Notice that at the end of the third stanza, as in the bottom of the page, it's talking about the devil. And it says, For lo, his doom is sure, one little word shall fell him. And then the fourth stanza begins, that word above all earthly powers. It reminds us that if we cut out the third stanza sometimes, we ought to be careful, because these are connected. It's a hymn of praise. Let's stand together and sing.
1: Today, we stand as benefactors with a long lineage of those whom God called and ordained to service.
2: Like Abraham and Sarah, we are to work for an unknown, but faith-filled future.
1: God has called us.
2: Like Moses and Miriam, we are to be leaders, helping people live
1: in freedom. God has called us. Sisters and brothers, we are forgiven. Let us live lives as large as the love of God as we listen for the calling of the Holy Spirit.
2: Let us live our voice.
0: Welcome to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. It is a good day to be here together. Today, during the summer, we worship in the chapel, which affords us a little more intimacy and joy of being present to one another, and you sing so robustly. So it's good to be together. Especially do we welcome those of you who are guests among us. We're glad you share this good day with us. I see several in the sanctuary today, and some are with Allison's family. Uh, come to be here for our ordination. The uh, response card is on the edge of your order of service, the visitor's card. If you would take a moment to complete that, if you're a guest today, drop it in the offering plate. It'll help me connect name and face with you. And also, if there's any prayer requests you have, place that on the card as well. It's an honor for our deacons and for our staff to pray for you by name and by need uh, each week. Well, as I said, it's a good day today because we are ordaining two uh, women in our church. We are ordaining uh, Graham Mudd and also Allison Rowland. Uh, Fred Craddock, one of my mentors, said that the church is at her best at times of ordination. I believe that because it's where the church calls out from among us those that we are empowering to minister to us. So, Graham Our prayers and joy are with you and family, and Allison, our prayers and joy are with you and your family. The text today will be about service and the deacons' ministry, and the first one comes from Acts chapter 6, about the creation of the deacons, the first deacons, and I want you to pay attention to it because the situation that births the first deacons was being disappointed in church. How about that? Disappointment is not collateral damage. It is core curriculum for who we are as the body of Christ. Welcome.
1: The church's first deacons are chosen to provide inclusive ministry to persons experiencing the tension of Christian diversity. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 6, 1-6. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends... Select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to, for serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, they had these men stand before the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. Here ends the first lesson. And now let us pray. Eternal God, we are thankful for you, first loving us and calling us to share that love, that love through serving others. You command us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind and to love our neighbor as thyself. It is this love that urges us to live out the different callings in our communities of faith. You have called us to serve with humility, with patience, with forgiveness, and with love. In the midst of a world that is more prone to be impatient, prideful, unforgiving, and judgmental, may your presence empower us to serve and love as Christ did on this earth. We thank you, God, for bringing people into this church and into our lives who have modeled this Christ-like humility and sacrificial love. We remember Bible study teachers, children's workers, missionaries, youth ministers, volunteers, parents, deacons, pastors, music ministers, and more, who have faithfully shared and lived out the gospel to us throughout our lives. He who has begun a good work in these that we remember today will bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. May each of us remember who we are called to be in Christ, remember to live as Christ has taught us to live, and to pray as you have taught us to pray, praying boldly. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth. but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
3: The Apostle Paul reminds Christians of their ministry as servants, and his gratitude for their service. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold in your heart for all of you who share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Here ends the second lesson.
4: Hey children, if you'll come forward at this time, Pastor James will take your offering. It's good to be with you all this morning. What is this that I brought in with me? It's a backpack. That's right. You know, it's that time of year when we're all going back to school. Some of us are going back to school. Raise your hand if you've already started school. Wow. Yeah. And raise your hand if you're going to be starting school soon. Ooh, little man over here and back there. Hey. Well, this is a big time of year, isn't it? Uh, It's always fun to start back school, and we always bring our backpacks. And I wanted to, to tell you that in about a month, on September 9th, I'm going to, and the church is going to invite you to bring your backpacks to worship, because on September 9th, we're going to bless your backpacks. But before that, I wanted to show you maybe what I brought in my backpack today. Sometimes I need a backpack to bring some things to the church when I come to the church. You want to see what's in my backpack? Good. Everyone nods affirmatively. For those who can't see, the children in the front row, let's see what I've got in my backpack. Oh, I always bring my skunk. That stays in my office, but sometimes I take him home, pet him a little bit, you know? I'm going to put him over here. I always bring my Bible. Well, that's a big Bible, isn't it? Not as big as the Bible up there. It's a big Bible. I love this Bible. What else is in here? Oh, I bring a slightly smaller Bible. That one's got my name on it. Oh, yes, Pastor James. What is it? I was in the middle of this, but you go ahead.
0: <laughs> if you have more than one Bible, may I have a Bible?
4: Well, uh, well, I've got I've, I've got this little Bible, and I've got this even smaller Bible. I've got four Bibles. I may need them for different different readings that I might do with people. But uh, you know what? Yes. I'm going to give you a Bible. Which which Bible would you like, Pastor James? Uh,
2: I like this one right here.
4: Okay. Okay. You take that. All right. Well, I guess I lost a Bible today. and I bring my pencils, too. I like pencils. You have a Bible, too. I've got a polka dot pencil. Me, too. I've got an alligator pencil. And I've got this pencil right here. See it? It's rubber. Isn't that cool? kind of hard to to write with. I love these. (laughs) Pastor James. Okay, I'll call on you. Nobody else. Go ahead.
0: If you have more than one pencil, may I have
2: one of your pencils?
4: Well, I guess so. I guess I don't need all three. Which one would you like? I I was afraid he was going to say that. That's my favorite pencil, but I'll give it to you. I've also got this Lego catalog, but I didn't even mean to bring that. Well, you know something, when we share with other people, I think it makes God smile. I think God smiles when we share with other people. Especially when I have a lot of things, and I give them to someone else. It makes my neighbor smile. And I may love my stuff for a little bit, but you know what? I love my neighbor more than my stuff. So as we go back to school, let's love our neighbor and God more than we love our stuff, because when we share, we make God smile. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being a God who smiles. Amen.
1: While sharing his last meal with the disciples, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and then he commands them to do the same. A reading from the Gospel according to John. During supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin. And began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: This will be a brief sermon, but don't get your hopes up. This is not the beginning of a trend. It's important to note that the first deacons, as I mentioned, were created to deal with the church's disappointment. Church members had expectations that were not met, and what was the solution? We need some deacons. As I said, the notion of disappointment, of how the church is disappointed in itself and disappointed with others in the church, is there from the very beginning. It's not collateral damage it's part of the core curriculum. That occurred to me when I read what the uh, pastoral rock star, Reverend Nadia boltz Weber, said about this. She was the pastor of a Lutheran church in Denver, Colorado, entitled The House for All Sinners and Saints. I think we would blend in, don't you think? To my chagrin, last week she resigned and uh, has gone to be with the church uh, universal, I guess, I uh, I wish she were still part of that local congregation but I heard her interviewed uh, on the Krista Tippett show you know NPR on Being that many of us listen to a few years ago Reverend Nadia Bolts Weber said in our orientation class at the Church for All Sinners and Saints for the new members of our church I always tell them quote our church will disappoint you. It is not a matter of if, she says, it is only a matter of when. And I will disappoint you as pastor, she says. But we're asking you up front on this first day of membership that when the disappointment happens that you will stick around long enough to see what God can do with it what God can do with us, and what God can do with you. Wow. You might say that she was saying that the holy grail of maturity is how we as individuals and how we as a church deal with disappointment. With each other, with ourselves, and yes, disappointment with God. The story is in the text that you heard Allison read first, of the first deacons, though that word is not used, these are the first servants, lay servants in the church. As you heard, there were two groups in the church. There are always two groups in the church, at least two groups of the church. In this church, there were the Hellenists and there were the Hebrews. Not to get into the detail of what all the difference was, but one was linguistically, the Hellenists spoke only or mainly Greek, and the Hebrews spoke only Hebrew. It could be that these two groups went to different synagogues before they became Christians. But as Christians, they became one congregation. Well, you know how it is. We may not have Hellenists and Hebrews, but the Hellenists were the newcomers, let's say, and the Hebrews were the old guards. Now, whenever there is tension because of diversity like this, the symptoms are always going to show up in the most vulnerable places. And who are the most vulnerable in first century society? It's the widows and the orphans. We talked about this Wednesday morning in the Bible study of how there was no social security network or insurance of any kind. And that if you were orphaned or widowed, that the way the society worked, you could be out on your own. Now, they lived communally, practically as a commune, in this particular church in Jerusalem. And they were sharing, at least supposed to, what they had in common with one another. And yet, even though they had good intentions, one group was being left out. The Hellenistic widows those that would have spoken only Greek. My hunch is the neglect was not intentional. It's like with us most of the time. When you come to worship, you go, oh, I want to go speak to those guests that are with us today. But, oh, there's somebody that I haven't seen in a few weeks, a friend of mine, I need to go speak to her. Or that family has been through a lot lately, I need to go speak to him. I mean, in Atlanta... We don't see each other at the only post office on Main Street, do we? And so this is the only time we get to connect. We don't mean to neglect the guest, but, well, you know how it goes. wasn't intentional. It just happened. So they bring it to the apostles, the clergy. And the clergy do a remarkable thing. They don't get anxious, for one thing, which I would have been. But what they do is give the problem back to the church. Yeah, it sounds like there is a problem. Select from among yourselves, say the the apostles. Select from among yourselves those of good report, those that have a sense of spirituality, and let them be servants, deacons, to the church. And the problem was solved, at least for a little while. The deacons helped the church handle its disappointment and the tension Of diversity that was brand new for them. It's not unlike what our deacons did back in 2015. As they were discerning and meeting and having conversation with one another, they discovered that though we claimed inclusivity, there was a group in the church that was not being ministered to in all of the ways in which we do ministry through baptism and leadership and ordination and marriage. And out of the diaconate, all of the deacons discerned and studied and prayed and then created a document saying that it is not right for us to neglect persons that we have excluded from the marriage altar. And we passed a non-discrimination policy the next year, 2016, that regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity, that all persons are welcome for marriage, for baptism, for ordination, for membership, for church leadership. Since then, First Baptist Church Savannah has done the same thing, and the First Baptist Church of Macon has done the same thing. Ministering, attending to those who we want to include, are supposed to include, but felt excluded. Well, Allison and Graham, no longer do we have Hellenists and Hebrews so much in the church, but we do have newcomers and old guard. I kind of see you two as double agents. You know, you can communicate with both groups, like Graham. Um, It's because of you that your family ended up in the church. It was your tears, and it was those hands that reached across the half door of the nursery, and said, We'll take care of her and she'll be just fine. In other words, your family joined not because of the minister, but because of the nursery worker, Miss Flora. You have watched, uh, we've watched you grow up, but you've watched us grow up too. You're connected to those that have been a part of the church and to those that are a part of the church now. And Allison, You grew up in a minister's home. A minister's home is always at the corner of expectations and disappointment. It's a fertile ground for maturity, isn't it? Living with people who are learning to live with the God we have, not the God we want. As you have done so, you have both grown up. Allison and Graham Uh, In this role of deacon uh, that you have chosen to accept, it's not your role to please people, but rather to be present with people, with us, as we seem to take turns that some of us are hopeful one week, but not the next. We're hurting one week, but maybe not the next, grieving one day and grateful the next. As deacons, you will be doing what Nadia Boltz-Weber said. Help us stick around and see what God can do with disappointment. With the church, with God, with one another, and even ourselves. Welcome. Amen. It is our tradition that when a word is offered, an invitation to dedication is given. In particular, we think about the dedication of our deacons as they begin their new year, and Graham and Allison as they begin their service. And we often sing this song on deacon dedication days, the servant song. We've often sung it to a different tune, but this tune is more melodic. It moves along, it sings like a a lullaby. It's about serving one another. Let's stand together and sing.
4: each time we gather, we bring our concerns and our celebrations and announcements, and I want to bring a few of those to you this morning. As you know, we had a great lead day for Habitat for Humanity, however, there will be several other opportunities to volunteer for Habitat on the same home that we started um, last week. There's a sign-up sheet back there as you leave, or uh, in this area, as if you go out that door, also online. We encourage you to continue signing up for Habitat. Um, uh, throughout the rest of the year. We've been graced by Dr. Steve Sheely, who uh, preached last Sunday, presented on sin, and then again uh, this morning. Thank you, Steve, uh, for, for everything that you bring, your humor and your love and your wisdom. We're grateful. And next Sunday, we'll have Dr. Corbin Bokhouse uh, joining us um, to speak about ecclesiology, about the church. So we look forward to hearing you, uh, Corbin, next week. Uh, Our prayers are with many in the congregation who um, are recovering from various illnesses and and face uh, trials and tribulations now. Uh, We have joy to see uh, Susan Dew here this morning, recovering um, from her procedure this week, and we are grateful to hear the good news of Dr. Jim Haffey that he was released from the hospital on Friday back home recovering with Carolyn. Our thoughts uh, and prayers have been with all of these families this week, as well as many others uh, that we hold up and that are heard as we gather together. Uh, Let's continue our worship with the giving of tithes and offerings and to hear music by our very own Mary Lou Swan.
2: Mary Lou actually
0: walks uh, our children down to the uh, nursery area during our uh, preschool uh, time and uh and she said that she'd be back in time <laughs>
2: anybody
0: want All-loving God, for the gift of this day, for these offerings that are used in your service, and for the love and service that we have in this church, serving your world and one another. Bless this, bless us, in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As we have selected Graham and Allison among our congregation for ordination, Uh, I thought it would be good for you to hear from them as they begin their service. And so, Graham, at this time, I know all these folk know you, but you can, uh, if you want to stand here, or you can stand at the lectern, and either way, if you would share. Thank you.
5: Good morning. morning. Um, As James mentioned earlier, I've been coming to church here at Northside Drive my whole life, um, since I was six months old, in fact. And over those years, there have been countless people who have cared for me. To name just a few, Flora in the nursery, Ms. Horn, Ms. Meeks, Ms. Dew, Miss Janney, and Ms. Wooten as Sunday school teachers, Chris Schleicher, Karen and Kay, and David Bell as youth ministers, James, who married me, and most everyone else here has become like extended family, always stopping to say hello and taking a special interest in my life. Then, with the birth of my children, I had the joy of seeing a new generation nurtured by this place. Again, Miss Flora welcoming my babies, Susan Pearson, JB, and Virginia loving and teaching my children in Sunday school, and the whole congregation offering warm greetings on Sunday mornings. In looking back over my life here, it's apparent that the theme has been people encouraging and caring for me and mine. And as I look to my new role as serving as a deacon, I consider it an honor and a privilege to now step into the role of returning some of that care and encouragement that has been showered on me for over 30 years. In a stage of life where I have three little people at home who still demand quite a bit of care and attention themselves, I recognize and truly value the importance of challenging myself to reach out past the needs of my own little family, to serve and care for my church family, who has served and cared for me so well. I hope that you will continue to encourage and pray for me as I learn to become a good deacon.
0: And at this time, Allison, would you come and share?
1: And um, so when I first received the call... Uh, informing me of my nomination for deacon, i pretty sure that I laughed out loud. <laughs> um, I, was <laughs> I was like, are you sure you called the right number? And I really, I promise you, I was not the only one that had that reaction. Um, most of the people that I've told, even those close to me, loved ones, friends, they've also had a similar reaction. They've chuckled, smirked, or made some variation of the joke. Well, I guess I'll let anyone be a deacon now. And truthfully, I don't blame them, because I, too, am the last person that I would think of to be a deacon. Having grown up in the church and being somewhat aware of the traditional roles and tasks required of deacons, I've not really thought that my particular strengths and skill set match up with the tasks of a deacon. To my memory, my interactions with deacons, at least in their official capacity, were typically threefold— the deacon that was always a little bit too reluctant to give up the offering plate during the offertory, the annual happy birthday card from our family deacon, who I always had to ask my parents, who is this person? And the deacon who always showed up without fail when everyone is the least presentable with a casserole after a family death or medical emergency. And this was always my least favorite, just ask my mom. They're coming here to the house. You just had surgery. I haven't showered in days. And the house is a mess, And to which my mom would always respond. It's just church people. And while these, situ- these situations weren't always comfortable or easy, they usually ended with a good home-cooked meal, so it made it that much easier. And while I didn't always see these interactions with deacons as major events or even that meaningful at the time, Looking back, they were the part of the body of Christ that has meant the most to me and that are a big part of the reason why I think I still go to church today in spite of being disappointed by the church again and again. These interactions were what Rachel Held Evans refers to as the casserole sacrament. In her book, Searching for Sunday, Rachel Held Evans said, one need not attend a church that uses sacramental language To experience the power of the sacraments, to break bread with one another, to baptize, to confess sins, to offer healing and support. But I have found that it is in these moments when we recognize God's presence in ordinary tangible things, bread, wine, water, words, suffering, singing, a gentle touch, a casserole on the doorstep, that we create church and we create sanctuary. These words sum up pretty perfectly what it means to me not just to be ordained as a deacon, but to be a member of Northside Drive Baptist Church. Every relationship that I have built here has offered me love, healing, support, food, community, and sanctuary. And this is the body of Christ. I look forward to taking on my new role in the body of Christ here at Northside Drive. I look forward to serving, breaking bread, confessing sins, questioning, questioning, and seeking healing and support with each of you, and, yes, delivering casseroles. For it is in these moments, even in the cluttered messes of each other's homes and lives, that we recognize and experience God's presence. I look forward to serving with you.
0: you stand here? Thank you, Graham and Allison. Would, would you two just stand right over here near the end of the kneeler? And at this time, I'll call for Beth Laxton, who is the new chair of deacons at Northside Drive. And I think these women stand in a long line and lineage of women who have been deacons at our church. I believe the first deacon uh, who was a woman was about 1972, and that would be Ruby Brown, right? And on the front page of the pinnacle that week were the three that were ordained. That would be Ruby Brown, that would be Larry Prince— and a young ma- man named Jimmy Carter. So, out of that lineage, would you lead us in reading the responsive reading that's in our order of service? And notice that all the congregation has the last line. Thanks, Beth.
4: Please join me. Jesus said to his disciples, Let the greatest among you become as the least, and the leader as one who serves.
0: As deacons.
4: As servants of the Lord and deacons of this church, do you promise to share compassionate love with the families of our church? Will you do this by praying for them and offering Christ-like love to them?
0: We covenant to support your service with our prayers and encouragement.
4: We charge you.
0: At this time, we're going to have the laying on of hands, and I will let our deacon chair, uh, Beth, will, will lead the way. This is something that all that uh, wish to can participate in. There's not a hierarchy among Baptists, but all of us are priests that offer a blessing. And um, Graham and Allison will be kneeling here on the kneeler. You'll come up the center aisle. Come this way. Lay hands on either their head or their shoulder and say something like a one-sentence prayer, like, God bless you, may the Lord strengthen you in your service, we love you, something like that. Those are three different prayers. In case some of you are <laughs> preachers, in case some of you are preachers and didn't finish the last 20 pages of the manuscript last Sunday, this is not the time to preach all of that sermon. It's a brief blessing, a uh, blessing them. And all are welcome to participate. So, at this time, would you come and kneel? And with the blessing of the congregation, Beth, would you begin? And uh, if you'll follow. We all need God's leadership. We have prayed for God's leadership in these young women's lives. That is what we will sing about in our closing hymn, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Let's stand together and sing. church is always at her best at times of ordination, and it's good to have been together for this best of best days. Now, as you prepare to go, remember this. May the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go
2: in peace.
0: Amen.